Hey there. Welcome to Spiritual Psychology. My name is Renee LaValle McKenna, and I bring my 30 plus years as a recovering addict and ex crazy person turned therapist and shamanic healer to bring you snackable teachings on spirituality, psychology, and all things personal growth. And today I want to talk about detaching with love. And when we detach from something, we disengage from it, we remove our expectations and separate ourselves emotionally, physically, energetically, or relationally. And a lot of times when we detach from a person, a job, a life circumstance, we separate from it completely. Like, I don't need that in my life anymore. See you later. A lot of times for me, detaching has meant shutting the door and never looking back. But detaching with love is a really different dynamic. Because when I detach with love, it means that my good wishes, my hope, My positive feelings for the person remain, but my expectations, my demands, my attachment to them or to whatever I'm detaching from, my agenda or ideas gets let go of, released. And letting go with love is completely different in my experience than letting go with frustration, letting go with anger, or just cutting things out of my life completely to keep it simple. Now, cutting people out of my life can make things very simple, and there are times and relationships that simply need to end, but even those can be let go with love rather than be let go with regret or guilt or shame or blame or judgment. And there can be a very potent, almost magical element to letting go with love that doesn't exist when we just cut cords and walk away out of desperation or frustration or exasperation. I was introduced to this principle or practice of letting go with love in the 12-step fellowship of Al-Anon. And Al-Anon was created to support family members and friends of alcoholics and dysfunctional families. And there may be nothing more heartbreaking than caring for an alcoholic or an addict who is bent on self-destruction and can't get clean or sober. And one of the central teachings of Al-Anon is that we're powerless over other people. No matter how good our intentions might be, no matter how much we might love or care for another person, ultimately each person has their own life or soul path. And although the practice of detaching with love is helpful in all relationships and circumstances in our life, it's most potent with the ones that cause us suffering. And when I'm in distress about a relationship, whether it's a friend, family, or lover, it's almost always because they are behaving in a way that I don't like. And although it's very natural for me to want them to change so I feel better, I don't have control over them. And often when people behave in ways that I don't like, I will double down on my efforts to change or manipulate or get them to act in a way that I want. And that may work in the short run, but usually in the long run, it backfires. And when I'm trying to control or manipulate in a relationship, I'm rooted in fear, not love. And it generally sets up a pattern of either resistance and conflict, or the other person collapses and becomes overly dependent on me to control everything, or I become overly dependent on them. And none of those circumstances makes for a healthy, mature, growing relationship. And we use the word love for a lot of things that aren't love. We often confuse love with neediness, with the passion of drama, with intense sexual attraction, or the desire to rescue or be rescued by another person. 
And mature love is actually selfless rather than selfish. It's about what I bring, what I hope, what I extend to the other person for their own highest good and personal growth rather than what I get out of the dynamic. Now, certainly in a healthy love dynamic, there is absolutely a tremendous amount of flow and positive exchange, and we receive a lot from it. But if I'm in a relationship just thinking about what I can get, what the other person can do for me, I am seeking to be loved rather than to love. And ultimately, from my perspective, love is about extending myself for another person's personal or spiritual growth, whether they're with me or not with me whether we continue to have a relationship or not. That's the idea of growing toward unconditional love, love without conditions, which brings us back to this idea of detaching with love and what it is that I'm putting out into the world or toward those people that I care for in my life. Am I trying to play God or goddess? Because I think I know what's best for me and for you. And so detaching with love is about having healthy boundaries. I love the saying, mind your own business and get some business to mind. Am I spending a lot of time thinking about what's wrong with the other person or what they should do? Time that might be much better spent on my own goals, dreams, and self-care. Letting people have the natural consequences of their own behavior, their own experiences that they'll learn from in life. Lots of times we want to protect people from difficulties that would actually be really beneficial if they felt the impact of those difficulties because there's nothing that motivates us more to grow and change than pain. I no longer protect people from their own suffering. Go for it, dude. Let me know how that's working for you. I watched this principle of detaching with love work itself out in a really profound way with a couple I've been working with. And he's bisexual, and he hadn't had sex with a man since before they were together. They're a heterosexual couple, and he's had sex intermittently with men since he was a teenager, but his long-term relationships have always been with women. And they've been playing with the idea of having an open relationship for a long time, although neither of them have acted on it. They both kind of like the idea of that as an option, and they're a really fun and dynamic pair who love each other a lot, and really want to make room for each other to be happy. They each own their own businesses, their own homes. They're both successful, but they've been together for quite a few years and are kind of at the cusp of deciding if they're going to move deeper with each other or if they're going to move further apart. At least that's my perspective. And one of the blocks to moving in together, at least for her, is that he's kind of a clutterer or a little bit of a hoarder. She likes things really neat and kind of zen. And all couples seem to have these places where they're really aligned and places where they're almost opposites. It's an interesting phenomenon in intimate relationships that I observe. Places where things are easy and places where we trigger each other. And they have really healthy, open communication. And he was wondering out loud if maybe he should try to have a relationship with a man rather than just having these sexual interludes. And she wanted to make room for him to explore that for himself. She said, I love him and I want him to be happy, even if it's not with me. But the idea of him sleeping with other people kind of makes me crazy, even though intellectually I want to make room for it. So what they decided to do was to have a period of no contact. Let's take a month. We won't see each other, text or call each other. 
and you can do whatever you want. And maybe we'll have some clarity on the other side. And she suffers from what's known now as insecure attachment, which is usually rooted in childhood neglect, abandonment, or trauma. Insecurely attached people are always waiting for the other shoe to drop for the relationship to fall apart. They live in a state of relational angst a lot of the time. And she'd felt that a lot in the time that they'd been together and was really over it. So she was actually looking forward to practicing detaching with love and just really clearing the space within her own psyche as well. And so they took this time away from each other. And it was really fascinating what happened when they came back together. So she spent the time really coming into herself, detaching from him as a source of security for her. She started meditating more. And the space really gave her some sense of grounding in herself that she hadn't had since they'd been together. And he got this clarity that he really loved their relationship and he didn't want to dilute it with having sex with other people anymore. That those ideas were fantasies and for him, it felt like a distraction at this stage of his life. That they might revisit it another time, but that he actually wanted to put that energy toward his business and getting more clarity in other areas of his life. And their initial getting back together that night that they reconnected, she went to his house and she was completely blown away. He had decluttered and organized the entire place. It was pretty outstanding. On his part, he felt incredibly proud. It was stuff he had wanted to do for years. And he also knew that it was really meaningful to her. And this is why this principle is so powerful in Al-Anon. Because when the co-addict lets go really of the addict that they've been so focused on saving or helping or getting clean and sober, and they really turn them over to God and just focus on what's true for themselves, it often sets up the best circumstance for the deeper change, clarity, or recovery to happen. And that's that magical element of detaching with love that doesn't happen when we detach with hate, fear, or judgment. When we let go of our expectations, take our claws out of the <laughs> take our claws out of the thing that we most want to have happen. It's certainly not a guarantee, but often that thing that we most want to have happen that has not responded to our most brilliant and empowered efforts at getting what we want, when we let all that go, things often work out in ways that we could not have imagined. The higher wisdom than our own has room to do its work. And when our hearts remain open, we can really be receptive to the benefits of that. Now, the thing about letting go is that we can't fake it. I've tried to work the system by pretending I was letting go, but actually staying in control and it doesn't work. And letting go with love does not guarantee that we will get the outcome that we desire, but it can bring us peace in all conditions. I have been to many funerals of those from whom I have detached with love. So there are no guarantees, not of specific outcomes, but it does allow me to find peace, purpose, and grounding within myself. And again, it does set up, I think, the optimal conditions for the grace of God to enter a circumstance. And so I encourage you to look at where you are attached to a specific outcome. What relationships are causing difficulties or distress in your life? And consider where you might be able to detach with love and make room for the mysteries 
magic, the wisdom of the life force to bring you and the other person to their own highest good. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, consider five stars on Spotify or a good review on iTunes. We'd love to have you join us on Wednesdays for our Woman Who Run With The Wolves book club, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, 2 p.m. GMT. Click the link in the show notes to get the Zoom information. Getting excited for my year-long mentorship program in spiritual psychology that starts in September. If you'd like to find out more about that or how a block of spiritual psychology work might benefit you in your life, shoot me an email, info at reneemckenna.com. Deep gratitude to my supporters on Patreon and through this podcast. Blessings on your path until we meet again. This is Renee LaValle McKenna for Spiritual Psychology.